Hi everyone, it's Leslie Ludi, host of the Set Apart Girl podcast, biblical encouragement for women of all ages. Thanks for joining me. In this episode, we're going to be talking about how to reach today's young women for Christ. I know that many of you, like me, have a burden for today's young women because we can see the battle that is raging over their lives and we desire to reach them with a message of hope. Quite a few years ago, when my husband Eric and I first started in ministry, I began to get letters and emails from teenage girls, and sometimes the things that they would share with me were really startling. One time I got a letter from a 12-year-old girl who said, Leslie, what do I do? My mom is pressuring me to go out and date around and start sleeping around, and I'm only 12. Another time I got a letter from a 14-year-old girl who said, My parents told me I should never get married because if I do, I'll only end up getting a divorce. Around the same time, I began to get letters like this. I also saw a documentary that PBS had done that was following the true story of a group of teenagers from an upper-class suburb near Atlanta. There were about 200 of them, and they had to be treated by the health department for this massive outbreak of syphilis because of extreme sexual activity that they were involved in without their parents even knowing. And sometimes girls even as young as 11, 12, and 13 years old were engaged in activities that were just shocking to the community and shocking to their parents Almost all of these teenagers were church-going kids They were part of a youth group that were growing up in Christian homes, and yet they were living this secret life of perversion that was leading to great risk to their health and their future. So it really brought home to me the point that there is no question that even Christian young women are under huge attack today, both by the enemy and by the culture. One of the main symptoms is the fact that abortion is so rampant. The statistics on abortion are really, really disturbing, and young women are the focal point of the abortion industry. Abortion providers strategically market their services to young women in public schools today. I once heard a former abortion clinic director say that it was actually in their business plan to get at least one or more abortion for every girl in every public high school in their community. And so they're being very specifically targeted from a young age by abortion providers to want and need those services sometime during their high school years. That is just one symptom that shows the state of modern young women in this country today. Not to mention things like eating disorders, self-destructive behaviors, relational chaos, devastating choices that today's young women are making. I believe that the enemy knows that if he can destroy a young woman's life now, he can destroy her future marriage, her future family, and even possibly cause her future children to go down the same destructive path that she has chosen. And that's even seen in some of those letters that I received from 12 and 14-year-old girls whose parents had made the wrong choices and were now passing that faulty foundation on to their children. A few facts about today's young women that I have learned in the past 20 years of traveling and speaking and working with young women. First of all, they're not getting a solid Christ-centered foundation at home very often. And sometimes they aren't even getting it at church because too often church ministries that are focused on reaching young people are mainly just social events and entertainment. I remember even for me when I was first starting in youth group, 
our youth pastor was more just like a big overgrown kid who just wanted to have fun with us, but he wasn't really leading us to truth that could change our lives. And I remember that he even made it his point to pull us away from our parents. He said to us, you know, your parents don't understand you, but I'm young. I'm closer to your age. That's what I'm here for. So don't go to your parents. Come to me with your struggles. And all that accomplished was it just made a wedge between my parents and I as I began to ponder this idea that he had planted in my mind, your parents don't understand you. And yet that's happening in youth groups all over this country. And then add to that the fact that the enemy is bombarding young women with lies every day at school, especially if they go to a public school. I remember, even though I grew up in a Christian home, what I experienced and saw and heard in the hallways of my public school in a five or 10 minute period of time between my classes was more perverted and shocking and disturbing than my parents ever would have dreamed or imagined. They had spent so many years protecting me from seeing certain kinds of movies and being exposed to certain things. And then just one five-minute period of time between classes at a public school, I was exposed to everything that they had always tried to protect me from and more. And that's happening to countless young women today every single day at school. And the other truth about them is that they are far more influenced by the media and by culture than they are by Christianity or by their parents and leaders. So that is the state of young women today. It's no wonder that we see such chaos and such devastating choices being made. If hearing these things makes you feel overwhelmed or ask the question, where do we even start? How do we even begin to reach the young women in our culture today? I want to encourage you with a verse from... Titus 2.4, women are encouraged to exhort and teach younger women in God's ways. And that's exciting to me because we realize that pointing younger women to Christ is actually commission that we have received from God and that he will provide all of the wisdom and strength that we need in order to fulfill it. It's not just a burden that we feel because we look around and see the state that young women are in today. It's actually a commission God has given us to point younger women to Christ. And you really don't have to be in your older years to fulfill this command. No matter what age you are, you can be an example of Christ to the younger women, younger sisters, women who are maybe a year or two younger than you that God has placed in your life, you can have a tremendous impact upon them. So whether you're a set-apart young woman and you desire to reach your friends with the hope of the gospel, or you're a mom of teenage daughters, or you're a concerned older woman who desires to be a mentor to the young women in your life, I want to share some practical ways that you can make an eternal difference starting right now. The first and most important principle that we need to understand when we want to reach young women with a life-changing message of truth is that we need to have a clear understanding of the battle over their lives. One of the first times I was asked to speak, I was sharing at a mom's group, and I was only about 17 years old, and it was just a, a mom's in touch group in someone's living room. All of the moms had children in public school, and they met together just to talk and pray for their children. And one of the moms knew that I had recently left my public high school. I was finishing my education at home, and I had made a lot of decisions that were 
radical and different. I wasn't part of the social circles anymore. I wasn't dating around. I was really becoming serious about my Christian faith. And she asked me to come to this mom's group and just share some of the struggles that I experienced when I was in public school. And so I came to this group, not really sure what I should be sharing, but just gave them a little peek inside what a typical day at public school had been like for me. Some of the things that I was exposed to, some of the struggles, the temptations, the pressures that I was facing every day. And the moms just sat there and stared at me. And not a single mom in that entire room believed me. They all thought that I was exaggerating or they thought that this was something unique to me. I was the only one who had these struggles and these temptations and was exposed to these kinds of things. I remember one of the moms saying, well, I have a very close relationship with my daughter and I'm sure she would tell me if that kind of thing was really happening to her at school every day. What was amazing, though, is I knew a lot of the kids um, from these families, and I knew that they were facing the exact same things that I was in public school. And yet there was this sort of youth culture that says, you know, our parents can't grasp this, they won't understand this, so we're going to keep this to ourselves. And one of the biggest downfalls of parents and leaders today is oftentimes they're oblivious to how intense the battle really is over today's young people. When Eric and I would travel around the country and share our message on relationships, oftentimes the teens and the young adults that we would share with were very, very excited to hear a message that called them to a higher standard. But when we shared with parents, we would oftentimes do a seminar separately just for the parents to help equip them to pass these truths on to their kids. It was the parents oftentimes who balked at our message. And I remember a lot of them saying to me, well, what you're saying sounds very interesting, but we want our kids to be normal. And what they meant by normal was, well, we want our kids to go to prom and be cheerleaders, and we don't want them to miss out on all the normal fun that high schoolers are supposed to have. But the problem was these parents did not realize what normal is today. And I told them, you know, if you could see normal, if you knew what was normal in public school today, you would never want normal for your kids. It was just a simple matter of the fact that they were ignorant. They did not understand the battle and they weren't truly fighting for the souls of their teenagers because they were oblivious to what was really going on. So we need to be aware of the fact that the enemy has a strong grip on these young lives and only the undiluted truth of Jesus Christ will save them. We don't want our kids to be normal. We want them to be anything but normal in this culture because if they're normal, it means they're headed down the same path of destruction as everybody else. Today's young people do not need soft, fluffy, feel-good messages. They need deliverance. They need the gospel of Jesus Christ. And one of the problems with the way the modern church often tries to reach young women is that it's very shallow trendy pop culture based. I remember one time a publisher that I knew well wanted to come out with this idea of a Bible zine, which was basically like a Bible slash fashion magazine for young women, because he said, well, you know, young women are not going to read the Bible, but maybe if we mix in a lot of, you know, articles about fashion and makeup and hair and all the things that young women are interested in and kind of add some scripture on the side, maybe we can lure them in with that concept. Instead of just delivering truth, oftentimes we feel this pressure that we need to make it shallow and trendy and pop culture based or young people won't receive it. 
And a lot of girls' events that I've spoken at in churches present very little truth. They present a lot of fluff and entertainment, thinking that that's the only way they can get girls to come to these events. The same is true when we as a church often try to reach young people with a message of purity, physical purity. There's this whole trend of making abstinence a trendy, cool thing, or maybe to use the STD scare tactic approach, sort of like, well, you need to jump on this bandwagon of being abstinent because it's the cool thing to do. Or, hey, you don't want to end up like, you know, these people who got these horrible STDs, so we're going to scare you into purity, as opposed to presenting the truth of what scripture says to them. If you take this approach of we want to use worldly shallow means to reach today's young people, it's sort of like sending them out into a battle zone armed with either no weapons to fight with or maybe with one of those sort of foam swords, you know, one of those pretend swords that little kids play with instead of a real one. So I would encourage you to be aware of the battle and don't use trendy pop culture worldly means to draw young women to the truth because they are looking for undiluted truth. In fact, they are desperately seeking it. Jesus said, if I be lifted up, I will draw all men to me. And what a profound principle that is when we lift up the name of Jesus, when we lift up the undiluted truth of Jesus Christ, it is incredible how hungry souls are automatically, magnetically drawn to that truth. There was a story, a man named R.A. Torrey was an evangelist, and he went to England, and he wanted to do revivals there. And he booked the largest facility in the city, which was the Royal Albert Hall. And the only time that that place had ever been filled to capacity was when the most famous opera singer or the most famous circus act of the day would come through. And he booked this place in faith, saying, We know that if we lift up the name of Jesus, God will draw men to this place to give their lives to him. And the media mocked him and said, how is he possibly going to draw people here without bringing in an opera singer, bringing in a circus act, bringing in some kind of entertainment? If he just stands on that stage and speaks truth and reads from the Bible, there is no way anyone will want to come. Well, they were proven wrong because for at least a month, this place was filled to capacity with a crowd waiting outside to get in. And the only thing that they did in these services was speak undiluted truth. I have seen that same principle proven true in my own ministry. Eric and I, as we traveled around and delivered a message on God-scripted love stories and giving God this area of your life of purity and relationships, a lot of times youth pastors would say to us, you know, the kids in our youth group are not going to listen to you because you're not bringing in a rock concert, you're not doing a laser light show, you're not doing anything entertainment-based, you're just up there on a stage speaking. And how do we know that these young people are going to even listen? Because when we speak to them, they don't listen for more than 10 or 15 minutes. Well, we told them, just wait and see what happens. Because most of the time, we would just begin to speak truth without watering it down. And the young people would stay absolutely glued to what we were saying. It wasn't because we were amazing communicators or we were doing anything brilliant. It was simply because these young people were so eager and so hungry to hear truth that was not watered down. And I remember the first time that we spoke to about 700 teens, the youth pastor was absolutely blown away because they sat there for about three hours without moving. And even when we finished, 
just, they did not want to leave the room. And one of them said to us afterwards, he said, you know, we as teenagers have just been so hungry for someone to raise the standard. We're ready to rise to a higher standard, but nobody ever believes that we're capable of receiving a higher standard. And that was so eye-opening for me early in my ministry with Eric to realize we don't need to use worldly methods of entertainment to reach. We simply need to speak the truth of Jesus Christ and they will be drawn. The second principle that I want to share with you is to simply be available to God. It's so easy to think that reaching young women today in a big way would mean writing a book or starting a large-scale ministry, but we need to keep in mind the principle of Luke 19.17, which basically says that if we are faithful with a little, God will entrust us with more. I can say personally that that is how my ministry started. I began simply meeting with the girls that God had placed in my life for coffee or after church, going out to lunch with them, and simply sharing what God had done in my life. It was just through those one-on-one conversations that God began to establish and grow my ministry to young women. So as you show yourself faithful in the opportunities that God has given you, even if they don't seem big or glamorous, he will begin to entrust you with more opportunities. And we also need to keep in mind that even if we only reach one young woman with the truth of the gospel, our time and our energy was very well spent. One thing that I want to point out here is that young women today, especially Christian young women who maybe don't have the strongest foundation at home, they are desperately seeking mentors. I've talked to so many young women who say, I've asked older women in my church if they will mentor me, if they will disciple me, and no one will say yes, no one's available. And oftentimes this is because older women have bought this lie that, okay, my children are grown now, I've put in my time, I worked hard and I served my family, now these years are for me, this is my time. And so they become busy with selfish pursuits and traveling and doing the things they always wanted to do, and they don't have time to fulfill God's command to disciple the younger women women. So if you desire to be a mentor, to be one that can guide younger women to the truth, know that there are young women in almost every church who are seeking out mentors and older women who will disciple them. So simply ask God to bring those women across your path and be faithful with the opportunities that he places in front of you. In your one-on-one conversations with young women, it's important that you don't make yourself indispensable where they become dependent on you, but that your goal is to always point them back to Jesus Christ for the answers and the truth that they seek. We'll talk more about that in later episodes of this podcast. The third principle that I want to share with you is live it out. Girls today cannot just hear our convictions spoken. They have to see our convictions lived out. There are some studies that show that close to 80% of churched young people are leaving Christianity in their college years. Why is that the case? I believe largely it's because they don't see it lived out. So they don't think Christianity really works. They, they see Christians who speak a lot of the right things but live totally differently behind the scenes. In my own life, I've discovered that when I live a faithful, consistent example of the things that I believe and teach, girls will actually seek me out and invite me to share my convictions with them. I don't have to force truth on them. They see something in my life that makes them want to know more. 
And one funny story about this, it was probably about 10 years ago, Eric and I were speaking in a church to probably about a thousand young people. And in the middle of our event, some kid pulled the fire alarm. And so we had to evacuate the entire building. So we were out in the parking lot with like a thousand teenagers and waiting for the fire department to come and say, you know, everything's fine. You can go back in. And some of the kids there were very young and weren't sure if it was a real fire or not. So they were actually really nervous and scared. And one girl wrote to me after this event and she said, you know, watching you and how you handled that emergency situation, you were so calm and you didn't get ruffled, you didn't get agitated that your your seminar had been interrupted. You just sort of used it as an opportunity to keep talking to the young people that were there. It made such an impact on my life and I decided to truly give my life to Jesus Christ that night. And I was really taken aback by that because I thought, you know, here I have been speaking from a stage for three hours, but it was that five minutes of her watching me in the parking lot that made the biggest impact on her life. 1 Timothy 4.12 commands us to set an example for the believers in speech, in life, in love, in faith, and in purity. So we have to understand that living set apart, being holy unto God, is not a hindrance to our Christian witness. It is our Christian witness. If you begin to live out faithfully the truth that you believe and speak, you won't ever have to force the truth upon today's young women they will actually come to you wanting to know more, wanting to know what it is that you have in your life that they are missing from theirs. The next principle I want to share with you is the importance of prayer. In 1 John 5, 16, we're told this is the confidence that we have in him. If we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. If anyone sees his brother sinning a sin which does not lead to death, he will ask and he will give him life. When we see compromise in a young woman's life, maybe you're a young adult and you have friends that are living a compromised life, it is so tempting to want to rush into the situation and try to use our brilliant debate skills or maybe react in anger and criticism towards them. God says in his word in the book of James that the wrath of man does not produce the righteousness that God desires. Prayer is a far more powerful weapon than our words could ever be. Not that our words are not important, but if we lay a foundation of prayer, oftentimes God can soften a woman's heart, a young woman's heart, and prepare her to hear and receive the truth that we want to offer, as opposed to just skipping the step of prayer and rushing into the situation and using our own wisdom to try to speak truth. Take some time to really wrestle in prayer for the young women that you are burdened with, and you will often find that that softens the soil of their hearts so that when God does give you an opportunity to speak truth into their lives, they're actually willing to hear it and receive it. My parents prayed for me starting about the time that I was two years old that I would fully walk with Jesus Christ. And they specifically prayed for my future husband and that whole area of my life. And even though in my teen years, I had a season where I sort of fell away from the life that they had trained me for, I believe that it was their faithful, diligent prayers that brought me back into a life of complete surrender to Jesus Christ. And they knew even before I did who my future husband was going to be. So don't underestimate the power of prayer, whether you're a young woman praying for your friends or your parents praying for your children, or you're a woman praying for the young women that you desire to mentor and disciple. So some final thoughts that I want to share with you. 
you may feel unqualified and unprepared to step into this raging battle over today's young women. But I want to encourage you to remember that what God calls you to, he will also equip you for. So ask him for the grace to shine as a light in the midst of a perverse generation, as it says in Philippians 2.15. And remember that he will be faithful to guide your steps. Thanks for listening today. If you enjoyed this podcast, please visit setapartgirl.com for more resources on this subject. I pray you have a blessed and Christ-centered week.